Hello everyone and welcome to the Mortgage Show podcast, the lockdown edition. My name is Monty and we are back in our virtual podcast studio to keep you updated and speak to some of the movers and shakers in the industry. We want to find out what makes them tick as well as look at the latest goings on in our fine industry, especially during this particularly interesting and difficult time. I'm delighted to be joined today in our rather plush surroundings by two well-known characters of the lender world. One of them works for a specialist lender and has made a huge difference to them, who recently became an awful lot bigger after a certain merger, is an excellent presenter and has become well-known for his honest views and love of a certain fabulous football team. So welcome to the Group Sales Director of One Savings Bank, Adrian Maloney. Welcome, Adrian. Good afternoon, Monty. It's lovely to uh, see you and hear you. Um, With him on the other side of the proverbial sofa, perched a little more than two metres apart, is someone who's also made a great impact in his role with Accord Mortgages. He presides over their own podcast, which has produced some excellent content for brokers over its many episodes and really understands the importance of the broker-lender relationship. So welcome to Accord's Director of Intermediary Distribution, Jeremy Duncan. Hi, Monty. How are you? Welcome. Very good. Thank you both for joining me. Uh, I'm not even going to waste any time as, quite frankly, there's loads to talk about. So I'll just crack straight on. And first of all, be remiss of me not really to start with just a general question on the circumstances personally you find yourselves in and how how have you been coping with the lockdown and, and what have you learned about yourself from it, Jeremy? Yeah, I mean, it's been uh, been tough for everybody. We've all had to, to make huge changes. But, um, yeah, I, I think you just move on. We're such a resilient bunch, and we've been through lots of stuff, and obviously not like this before, but we've, we've been through lots of changes. I was, I was old enough to, to remember many, many changes over the years. But, um, yeah, I, I think for, for me personally, I've missed a lot of things, like obviously going out, seeing brokers, spending time with our BDMs, getting out and, and actually traveling and seeing people um but what i've learned is that um you know things have to adapt and we, we've we've all changed and yeah i think that's a real big thing for all of us we, we've all i'm sure learned things about us personally uh things that we that we thought we couldn't do without that actually we can um and, and the things that we'll we'll learn that we'll we'll never go back from so it's been it's been horrible but it's been uh, really interesting to learn some things as well yeah adrian similar for you yeah, I think so. I, I mean, I, I've clearly learned, or my my two sons have, that I'll never make a career as a hairdresser. Um, but I, I think I think you know we've we've all adjusted. I think what I, what I have learned is that use of technology, such as what we're we're doing today, Monty, that we eventually got on due to my lack of knowledge on a PC, is that <laughs> I wasn't uh, going to mention that. <laughs> I got, got to get it out there first. I, I I think I think that will make us work a little bit smarter. You know, I, I think like Jeremy said. We miss the engagement personally. I mean, the three of us know each other well, for example, anyway, um, and would have caught up over over periods of time and contact directly with brokers. But I think this gives us so many more opportunities um, to engage with brokers in a different medium that perhaps mm. we wouldn't have considered before. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, actually, I've got to say, and, and I've said this before, lenders, and I think most brokers would agree, lenders have generally, generally handled this all really well. Um, and I guess a question that comes straight after this is, is what have you learned about your own teams and company, as well as generally how the industry is coped, Aid? Yeah, I, th- I think we've, we've, we've seen that the industry has just pulled together. And it's not just been lenders, yeah, survey partners, 
Uh, we, we've, we've done some great work with our survey partners. They've really helped out as well. The brokers have been really resilient. They've been open to, to support and help. Um, and I think what we've learned is that everybody really wants to, to get out the other end of this in a, in a, in a good shape. Um, so from a team point of view, um, you know, I think what you do find out about your team is just how hardworking they are and how adaptable yeah. they are. Um, our BDA team, for example, always based in an office um, and have all moved from home and are now taking, yesterday we took something ridiculous like 600 web chats, inbound web wow. chats between uh, just over 10 people. Um, so they, they're all working from home taking web chats and our BDM yeah. sitting at home instead of driving around in cars. It's a huge adaptation, but they've, they've been brilliant, really. Yeah. Similar for you, Adrian, your team at yeah, look, absolutely. I think like every other business in, in, in the UK, we put our staff safety right at the forefront of the, the decisions we made. We got 75% of our, our workforce working remotely. And, you know, I'd personally like to thank those guys working remotely, but also those guys and, and, and girls that have gone into the office to, to make the, the mortgage process continue. You know, we've, we've continued throughout this period to complete mortgages for, for clients and customers um, that were were wanting to do either remortgages or have purchase transactions, and and I think to Jeremy's point, I, I think the the industry is really linked together well. It's been you know, it, it showed the partnerships that are there. You know whether it's mm. between surveyors, conveyances, and you know we, we we only deal through intermediaries through our brands um, and through brokers because I, I I think brokers have helped get clients deals over the line. They've been patient um, and they've worked with their their lender partners. Um, to get the deals done and I think that's that's really testament to the whole industry we're in yeah and uh, before I move on to sort of you know the, the more mortgagey uh, questions it, it is mental health awareness week this week and and obviously people in your teams and people we all know are under a lot of additional pressure stress isolation etc um, and I know both of you you're both very much people persons um, so how do you how do you keep your team spirits up and, and keep motivation going? Have you got any tips, um, Adrian? First, uh, that's um, for looking after the, your teams of people. Yeah, I mean we, we we keep in regular contact, whether that's right the way down through the through the management structure. And um, you know, I, I have to say the Exco of, of of our business have been fantastic. Getting on whether you want to call them virtual calls with mm. all members of staff. Um, and, and, you know, we questionnaires out to start to, to, as to how they're feeling. But, you know, I think we're, we're, we're quite a tight knit bunch at, at One Savings Bank. And even when you know, went with the merger with Chart Court, very similar cultures. Um, and, you know, a bit like I talked about partnerships with, 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 with people like yourselves, Monty. Yeah. It's been about keeping in touch. Um, and I, I do really think that, the, you know, the, the ability to have these sort of virtual meetings or catch ups, is, it, it breaks it down and it's a lot better than if it was just phone calls so yeah. you know i think we're all aware that you know as well as staff safety staff's mental um uh safety i guess as well is important to us during this time yeah absolutely jeremy yeah yeah similar sort of thing um you know i think we we all got to recognize uh, it's probably not always the people you would think of who would who would have more of a, of a, a problem as well dealing with with the, the new way of working you know you think if you're in a household of a number of people um, you're not isolated you've got a lot of people to talk to but actually trying to work from home with children who are at school age you know a, a big household full of mm. children as well brings different problems to the person who's 
potentially living on on their own with nobody to talk to. So yeah, you know, it's it's, it's not necessarily the people who who you think of who may struggle more at this time. So it's having the support. Our our business have, have put a lot of support out there for colleagues to to dip in and out of as and when they want. And then from a team and personal perspective, it's just as as Adrian said about communication. Um, there's a lot more time being spent proactively talking to the teams. Um, you know, we, we've always done a lot of communication, but getting everybody onto now regular weekly calls so they know it's coming, they know that we can signpost what's happening, what what's happened and why, what's coming next and why, and what our plans and timescales are. And I think therefore there's there's a lot less surprise as people are looking forward to things that may happen. Um, and have the ability to ask questions. Mm. So a lot of that more practical um, communication, and then just trying to have some fun as well. Um, you know, after yeah. this after this podcast, it's the the you know, Friday afternoon pre bank holiday quiz and yeah. uh, and a few drinks uh, and all I've those. I've never done so many quizzes in my life. <laughs> <laughs> we had bingo last night. Excellent. Well, we, we, we had something in the business, which I'm not sure I want to do in my team, where they, it was draw your manager was the. Was, <laughs> And I'm not sure I want to do that in my team, but there's some brilliant, brilliant things that came out and some, uh, yeah, some quite enlightening pictures. I can only draw, draw stick men, so you'd be all right. All, all, all of you would look the same. Um, no, it's great. It's really important to keep that going. That's that's probably the hardest thing I've found and what I've struggled with is, um, and, and the team have been fantastic, and, but uh, it's just missing that social element and actually really being to understand how how people are doing and how well they're doing and how are they coping and it's I think that so. the teams that we've all got you know we 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 all run or are part of or a you know, part of teams that are used to spending their times on the road and mm. to to ask those teams not to spend their time in the cars and driving around and and engaging with mm. brokers is really difficult um you know so they've done a fabulous job the managers have all done brilliant jobs keeping everybody going and, and and so uh, yeah i think everybody as you said before is pulled together yeah and uh, just on that i mean obviously we are where we are and adrian i know the processes have had to change and and tech has actually been used um apart from you trying to get onto this podcast we won't we won't mention that <laughs> uh, you know tech's actually been used in the right way to help things more smoothly in the social distancing world which you could say is going to be a big positive out of this how have your organisations adapted and utilised this? And, and what do you think the future looks like now? Yeah, look, I, I think we've talked about what we can do. Um, over virtual um, systems such as Zoom, WebEx and, and, and Teams, I think you'll see more of that going forward um, used by all businesses. Um, you know, it, it, it's been interesting for us. I mean, because what you have to remember is this happened very quickly. Um, for all of our businesses and everyone had to move very quickly Mm. so you know actually getting people to have the the ability to work or certain departments to work more remotely is a massive achievement for everyone's um, business Monty and I think we'll have that in the background as a learn going forward Um, I think the other bit you know uh, within our market was we were able to deploy um, desktop valuations which we hadn't used before at the front Mm. end Um, uh, quite quickly and quite successfully and move with that quite quickly over a period of time. Um, and obviously, I think the, the, the big bit that, that, that came back probably over in the mortgage industry over the last week, um, and particularly in the specialist uh, market, Monty, because it, it, it is probably more reliant on physical valuations has been getting them back yeah. um, at the forefront of the market. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think when you you look at the things that have probably brought the market on 
in, in a, when we get back to whatever normal is, there will be things that we introduce as normal that wouldn't have it would have taken another two or three years to happen. Uh, and I think you know, it's always been oh yeah, we could use Teams yeah. or we could use Zoom, but actually we'd we'll, we'll far rather yeah we'd far rather drive. 150 miles to, to an event where we get the same 10 people as we could have had on a call. So, you know, I think he's going forward, it'll be using both the benefits of both. Absolute, there's a need for face to face in a lot of circumstances, but especially as the broker market evolves as well, um, and brokers work more from home, you know, the days of getting 50, 60 brokers in a room in an office yeah. um, are going to change. So, we, we all have to adapt. And I think what this has done is it's probably brought us. Uh, as I say, on a year, two years closer to what would have happened anyway. And we've just done it a lot, lot quicker. And mm. uh, it shows what can be done when you have to. I think you, you touched on a point earlier, Jeremy, as well. And we've seen real success with that is the ability to use live chat. So, you know, the the the, the, the king in and of, of questions and going back during this period, we've seen a real, a real uptick mm. in the numbers of in the, the number of brokers that want to use that facility as well as telephony and, and, and getting hold of their BDS. I so love live chat. Yeah. It gives you an audit trail as well. You what, Jerry? You've got an audit trail there. You know, for, yeah, you, you, you have a conversation with somebody and it's not, well, you said this on the phone. It was, here's your audit trail. Here's, mm. Here it is for your file. Um, and, and that's what I think brokers have been telling us. They really enjoy the fact that they've got some record of what they've talked about. Uh, they've got an answer. They've also been able to have a link to the document that the BDA was telling them or the place <laughs> yeah. on the website. And it's it's really again evolved what we wanted to do anyway. Yeah. No, I think I think things have, have come a long way. We, we will learn a lot from this. And and so how? So you mentioned all the AVMs and the valuations, etc. Now we've seen um, valuers tentatively going back to work. Um, how how long do you think they've got to clear up this backlog? And will there be just less physical valuations? Full stop. Now. Yeah, I think we've certainly seen what we try to do as a business was not stockpile too many cases. Uh, mm. I think, you know, the, the thing that will help us get out of this more quickly um, is that we didn't stockpile too many cases. So we, we stopped very quickly, said what we did and didn't want. Mm. And then we said, right, OK, that should leave us in a better position. So I think uh, and I can only talk for, for, for us as a lender, we will probably see backlogs cleared, backlogs cleared during the early part of June. Um, right. and we're already seeing valuers out there, you know, looking at properties. But, you know, with the ability to use desktops, which, as Adrian said earlier, none of us have used before. Um, we we all brought them in over the course of a weekend. On Friday, we didn't have them. <laughs> On Monday, we had them. So, That's you know, it, it's, it's a yeah. superb way of working. And, and now we can use that going forward and, and start to use desktops where where it's more efficient and, mm. and I, th I think i think desktops will probably be used more in the if you if you like with, with jeremy's brand in the in the more prime high street type lending monte i think some of the stuff that specialist lenders do very much relies on um on on physical valuations i i, I think to jeremy's point i think most lenders managed to their capacity over this period because mm. they could see the you know very quickly potentially you could rack and stack up applications that would have caused you you know, more capacity issues as, as we got to the position where we're at today. So, you know, whilst I think um, it might take a few weeks, uh, certainly we've put out um, uh, to, to, to brokers today, our broker partners, a, a message just to say, bear with us, be patient. Our, our panel ma manager yeah. is working very hard. 
I, th- I think we'll be surprised uh, at how quickly actually we, we we see some of that backlog go, Monty. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, the communication from lenders generally has been fantastic as well. Your comms teams must have been working round the clock. My emails have been pinging all the time, and and it is really hard to keep up up to date with. But it but it's a good it's a good thing, and and testament to your teams for that because. That's what I've really liked about this. The lenders have been certainly on your side of the fence on the mortgage lending side. It's they've been fantastic comms, so uh, that, that's been really, really welcome from a lot of brokers. And I think um, that's a reassuring thing for, for for the market going forward. Is on the whole, lenders have got a really good appetite. Um, mm. You know, we we came into this year all feeling that this was going to be a strong year. I think all of us have had good Q ones. Uh, until last week of March, um, <laughs> and then uh, you know, so the, the appetite, the desire, the, the level of capital liquidity mm. in the market was strong before this, um, and, and I think you see with how quickly lenders have reacted to come back. You know, the fact that we're back into ninety percent lending um, already, we're back into eighty-five percent mm. new build, seventy-five percent buy to let. You know, all those things have come through in the last week because we we really want to go back out there and lend again. Mm. And I think, Monty, you could expect probably a phased approach from lenders as they try to manage their capacity with with people working remotely yeah. um, and, and, and getting back into markets. So, you know, we've done phase one of our, if you like, our product launch this week with, with physical valuations. I think, as Jeremy said, I, I think 75% LTV is where buy to let has settled. But we were really pleased to be able to get our residential ranges out. And, you know, we're, uh, as a specialist lender in help to buy to get that range out as well this week, which is important in a new build market. Yeah, no, that really is. And, and now we're seeing a lot of changes in the in the criteria due to the current situation. Some you can sort of understand some, uh, some a bit more tricky. I mean, especially stuff around furloughed workers, self-employed, treatment of bonuses, um and and obviously those people who are on three month payment holidays or or now six month payment holidays um do you think lenders are generally getting this right or or do you think actually it's a ch- time when risk is back in control again and things are a bit tougher than they need to be no, I, I i i think that you know sorry Joe, i think this is a, a a time in the cycle where we don't know what the medium to longer term is is going to look at and lenders will take if you like a cautious approach to make sure they're making sensible lending decisions um i mean we've only just heard that the payment holiday today um are going to be yeah. extended we only heard the details about the furlough scheme running till october a, a, a few weeks ago you don't know what people's incomes in terms of bonuses and things like that mm. are, are going to be like going on. And I, and I think it is a case of, you know, one step at a time. But I think, you know, as a whole, you know, lenders have managed to continue lending through, if you like, this 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 this, this crisis or pandemic, whatever way you want, want to put it. Completions have still gone out the door. And as Jeremy said, you know, there's plenty of liquidity in the market. It's about lending that sensibly and making sure you're lending it responsibly because that's yeah. what you've got to do as a bank and for the clients that are taking on the loans. Mm. And that's the important bit. You're looking after two two people. You're looking after the client and, and making sure it's responsible lending, first of all, and then you're looking after your own risk position to make sure you're sustainable for the long term. Uh, and I think that's the balance to strike for, for all lenders. And you can understand where you know the, the, the large volume um, lenders would need to make specific policy decisions on that one. Um, you know, I think from a, a either a specialist lender or a lender like ourselves, 
we can still use that common sense underwriting and, and we've 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 used that very to great effect over the last sort of couple of years and that doesn't change it just means we we still make common sense decisions but they will be based around different types of employment different sectors and it's not necessarily common sense to lend to somebody on all of their bonus if they were if they're a pub landlord but it might be very sensible to lend to somebody who's a van driver who's a, you know who's a, you know, very in in, in, yeah. in a good position so common sense still prevails and that's what we'll make our decisions on. Mm. And uh, yeah, on that three-month mortgage holiday, um, obviously it's the, it has been extended now. Um, and I know that you know the stats around that are, are staggering. Really, I, I've, it got to the point where it seemed like everyone just thought, actually, this is a holiday. Let's just take advantage of it, whether we need it or not. Which was so wrong, and it shouldn't have been called a holiday at all, really. Um, but is this something that has really caused an issue for lenders? And and do you worry, A, that, you know, especially non-bank lenders will struggle um, if the government and the FCA don't do more to help them? Um, and what are the biggest challenges there? So so, so, so obviously, as the bank, it, 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 you know, we wanted to help our customers that, that needed that. It, the mm. first phase came around very quickly. And yeah. just at a time where we were trying, you know, we've talked about a few times, trying to get people working remotely or working yeah. from home so there was a capacity issue there we, we we managed to to deal with that very quickly i was i was pleased to say and very effectively um you know we have access to to retail funding and, and various schemes as i'm sure jeremy's business does as well um with retail deposits mm. it is probably more challenging um for for non-bank lenders um certainly you know the trade bodies imla um which jeremy and i both sit on and UK Finance have, have voiced um, their opinion of trying to get support for, yeah. for for the non-bank lenders over this because, of course, it's another three months where where they have to support that. And it's not as simple um, in terms of them holding, um, if you like, the capital to do that. So, yeah, there, there, there are some challenges. But I think as an industry, we've all tried to voice our, our, our approval for s- some support for them. Mm. Yeah. And, and and I think you know it was it was needed for the market. It was needed for some stability and some confidence. So it's the right thing to do, and, and the lenders were all very supportive of it. Um, and I think going forward, you know, the, the UK finance have, have come out and been supportive of of the extension. I, I think the critical thing this time around, though, is that we do need to get the message out, not just as an industry, um, but as a government and as a regulator. That this, as you said, Monty, it's not a holiday. This is something that you use as a last resort. If if you really really need it, and there were far too many people asking for it because they thought they they could have it, and it's interesting with some of the the feedback now that's coming out around people saying, oh yeah, I can afford to pay it when when my three months are finished. Um, so I think you know that that external message with the media that says use this as a last resort it is yeah, there, it's for the totally right agree. people. Yeah. Um, you know, th- th- there's more needs to be done on that. Yeah, I've had. Go on, so I was going to say, I think I think the second communication today about the extension to that is a lot clearer um, in, in what it explains yeah. than, than perhaps that we all we all experienced on day one because that was a as I said it dropped in very quickly to help customers whereas we're now I guess what is it nearly eight weeks into that um, mm. and and I think the second communication here gives a lot more detail as Jeremy said there um, about the implications around that. Um. Jeremy, I know you're a quarterback in ninety percent lending. Yep. Um, again, ninety five percent. Is that is that around the corner, or is, uh, are we going to see uh, 
We've only uh, just launched 90, give us a chance. <laughs> <laughs> I think, you know, I think we, what we've seen in the last week, 10 days, so a lot of, there's two reasons that lenders had to pull back on their criteria. And the, and the biggest reason was the lack of physical valuations. Um, so that was yeah. the, the driver for, for almost all of us that we, we couldn't lend on properties that we were lending on before. So the first thing to do was get valuers back into into going out and valuing those properties, and that allowed us straight away back into things like flats um, and uh, properties that we couldn't lend over certain values. So that that was stage one. Stage two is then getting the risk positions back. Um, and uh, what we don't know, there's two things we don't know. One is what's going to happen to house price inflation, mm. and the second is what's going to happen in the overall economy with jobs and job security and unemployment. Yeah. So they're the two things that probably lenders will be looking at before they make decisions to increase their loan to values. Yeah. Um, so you know we felt comfortable going back to ninety uh, on on on, on, you know, on residential and back to seventy five this stage on 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 buy to let. Yeah. So I think we need to think, let things settle down. Lenders will make their own decisions, but mm-hmm. with those two parameters in place, house price inflation considerations and the level of unemployment. That's a bloody good answer. You've done this before, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> I was just listening to that thinking, that's polish. I like that. That's really good. And and also, I'd just like to say we did our stats. Um, we do our stats every month. We just did our, our rolling 12-month application to offer times. And Accord were top. Excellent. So they were, the, they were, they were the best on that. Uh, but don't worry, okay, Adrian, you. you get awards as well because you're still our, still our top specialist lender um, <laughs> by some way. Um, and, and talking about specialists, see how I seamlessly brought that into Brilliant. the next question. That's just, yeah, that's just, I don't know what I'm trying to say now. I'll just shut up and get on with the question. <laughs> it was good until that point. <laughs> um, so buy to let, Aid. What's how do you think that market is looking now? I know you're back in 75%. It's fantastic. Um, and actually, we're seeing a little more activity from landlords who are looking at opportunities and trying to release cash to do so. These are the times when actually there's deals to be done for landlords. How's it looking for you? Yeah, look, we, 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 we you know, buy to let's a massive part of, of our business. We tend to look at probably the more professional end of, of that sector or the larger, the, the larger landlords in the main. Um, you know, we, we, we've seen plenty of activity there. I, I think the key is that, you know, um, Landlords will look at opportunities, as you said. They do do that all the time. There will be more opportunities in that sector. I think tenant demand in a lot of cases will increase. You know, for for example, I think it's one in five at the moment. Households in the UK are in the private rental sector. You may see more people look um, potentially at at renting a property if getting a a residential mortgage is is more difficult in the short term in terms of LTV or something like that. So. I think the other bit that you've got to remember is that, you know, the rates at which buy-to-let landlords are borrowing at the moment uh, are still, you know, almost at a record low. So I think demand for for buy-to-let will continue. You know, this week we've even seen sort of, as I said, you know, inquiries coming in. I'm sure it's been the same at your brokerage, Monty, with landlords uh, looking to discuss opportunities. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, So what... um what are the uh, what do you think the positives that you've taken out of this situation then jeremy at the at the moment where where are the positives that you've taken from from everything and yeah so i think that from a, a business point of view just the the adaptability and the fact we've we've been able to 
test things in real time that we'll take forward. So things like web chat with our, our BDAs, the use of technology for meetings, whether it's Teams or Zoom, but having those virtual meetings with with brokers, uh, that works, uh, and we've learned that. And I think as a as a as a business, we've just learned how how adaptable everybody is. As, as a market, um, we talked about AVMs and the, the bigger use of desktops, and I think that will that will come in. Um, and then I, I think what we've also learned is that brokers looking for support and help, uh, and that there's plenty out there. So we've seen a real big increase in in, in the number of people visiting our growth series uh, yeah. content. Um, so what can we do as a lender to support the broker market? Uh, we've similar to this. We've done some really uh, recent podcasts trying to particularly look at the current market and, and and use some scenarios that brokers would need today. So I think the the use of um, support that's out there from the brokers has been great, and you know mm. use that growth series stuff because it's very bespoke and it's for this market. Mm. And uh, Adrian, similar for you. I mean, your uh, one savings bank has been excellent at putting out stuff as well. The communication and the and the updates and market uh, intelligence and stuff has been really useful. Yeah, and I think we've 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 got better at, at communicating. It's important when you're, you're you're trying to get hold of our customers, which are the likes of, of you guys, Monty, and, and keeping them update updated when. You know, changes were made very quickly all the time. You know, um, I, I, I take my hat off to our uh, proposition team at One Savings Bank because the amount of products they've got out over the last few weeks, the amount of changes in terms of processes um, to, to deal with the, 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 the changes in the market have made us very mm. nimble. But, but I think you know, the one bit I, I, I've learned is just, you know, how professional and, um, you know, how considerate our broker partners have been because, you know, I think there's been a lot of difficult decisions over the last few weeks, a lot of testing times. Yeah. But, you know, I applaud their, their their patience and the fact, you know, they're there to engage on behalf of, of, of their customers at what's been a really tricky time. Yeah. Well, thank you. Hello. 25 minutes, almost half an hour, it's just flown by. I've got, I've got a couple more questions. Could have been 45 before. minutes if Adrian had turned up on time. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, he was here on time. In fact, he was he was actually ten minutes early, but it was. <laughs> well, I hope if any good comes out of this podcast, you get a new laptop, Adrian. Um, so, Jeremy, I've actually asked this question to Adrian before, so it's your turn. Um, if you weren't in the property industry, what would you be doing? Ooh, um, well. I think you can see, you can see me, which the people who listen to the podcast yeah. well. But you'll see in my office behind me, there's a lot of memorabilia about food and, and drink and travel. So that's really what I'd love to do: is something in combining all three of those. And, and I've tried for those of you who've uh, <laughs> headed, up to, he, headed up to Leeds. Um, I, I do sort of see myself as a bit of a Leeds tour guide when we return back to normal. Um, what I'd love to is, is, is do something where I, I bespoke events for people coming to my home city and try and take them round and show them all the good things that they didn't realise happened in Leeds, um, around pubs and restaurants and experiences, and that combines all of that. So, yeah, something to do with food, travel yeah, like and, uh, and, 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 and alcohol. So I'll see you with like a, a, a uniform and an, an open and top And a little bus. flag. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm liking that a lot. And uh, Adrian, I know you love football. Um, well, I know you both love football, so uh, I'll come to Leeds in a minute. But uh, <laughs> Premier League, Adrian, it, are they going to finish it? Are Liverpool going to get that trophy? 
I, I suppose, you know, for a lot of people, there's slightly more important things than, than football at the moment. But, you know, it's, it's been a long wait, so I hope so. That's all I can say, really. <laughs> What's it like being a Leeds fan? It was brilliant up to about uh, nine weeks ago. <laughs> uh, very exciting. And, uh, yeah, I, I think whatever happens now, we uh, they must promote Leeds. They must promote Leeds. That has to happen. <laughs> whether we have to do it the hard way to actually play in the last nine games or whether they just say we'll call it a day and promote Leeds anyway. But either way, we'll be in the Premiership uh, with you guys next year. Promote Leeds. Liverpool win the, champion, win the Premier League. They're perfect. Um, there you go. We're out of time. Thank you to my guests. Thank you, Adrian. And thank you, Jeremy. Uh, and of course, thank you all for listening. We will be back um, very shortly, actually. And um, if you have any comments or questions in the meantime to put to either myself or I can pass them on to our guests, you can contact me at Monty's blog on Twitter. Until next time, this is The Mortgage Show signing off.